1: Sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, I swear to God, I'm an addict, but
2: uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I had a dream about David Nelson the other night.
3: I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean
2: to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Strong from the got a nice ring to it. I can't say we you. don't need the same music. No one man. Can I just count
1: the hours? Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. Geez, it's over over. One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics In and out of the world of fantasy sports Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404 Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio Where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide Let's hope they're still friends afterwards Here they are, Scott and Mike.
2: Kentucky, Michael Trent, uh, Mikey, uh, what, what a week. I don't know if there's been a a bigger story in the national football league right now than cam Newton. You have to give him his props. You have to give him his due. He went from being totally underrated to probably now being totally overrated, but there's a lot of good things that I like when I'm watching cam Newton.
3: Yeah, no doubt, Scott. And it's, uh, Good to talk to everybody, and I uh, hope the uh, red versus blue crew, uh, you know, they're ready to fill up that chat room and everything like that. Um, yeah, Cam Newton, I mean, he is totally uh, – he's the, the naysayers. Uh, they're keeping their mouth shut right now. And, uh, of course, he threw uh, three picks, but still the guy is continuing to throw for uh, 400 yards, and uh, he's doing everything athletically he can do. Uh, he was in a boot earlier in the week, and, well, the boot is gone. Uh, the guy's going to play this week, and he, he looks he looks good to go. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to believe that a guy can make that big of an impact, but uh, there were some out there that said that he would. Uh, but, you know, he, he's done that. Uh, how'd that, uh, you know, you opened the show with a dream about David Nelson, and uh, how'd that dream end up?
2: Man, I tell you what, you know, it's just one of those things, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, oh, my God, I just had a premonition, and I heard the name David Nelson. It was like the TV was on, and you're missing the game, and you don't know what's going on, and then all you hear is David Nelson blowing up. It's like the recap, you know, when you're watching NFL Network and and you're you're replaying the games. And uh, I can't remember who was the announcer of the Bills game this past Sunday, but that's basically what it was. It was, oh, my God, David Nelson, you know, and you're like, you wake up. And I'm like, that's the guy I got to go get. Well, you know, I put a big bid in him, what I thought was a pretty big bid. Uh, I was all over Donald Jones last week. And this week, you know, David Nelson's still sitting out there. I'm like, man, I could have swore that Nelson would have been picked up. Well... He was still sitting out there, and I put a bid of like two fifty five in. He goes for over five hundred. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not the only one that's uh, this high on this kid. Six five slot receiver. You gotta, you gotta feel good. That's another feel good story. We're just, there's so many feel good stories right now, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about them tonight. Uh, the phone number three four seven three two four five four zero four. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. We've uh, we do the show every Friday night, Red versus Blue. Uh, thanks to the crew, the chat room here, Red versus Blue, we've got a, a lot of great guys, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy sports are here. Mino Brown, Henry Muto, Lance, Sports Betting Man, the Prognosticator, Billy Wog, Co Cracker. The list goes on and on. Sackett's in the house. Nine round, you guys uh make the show what it is. John Duffworth's in the house to work in, can't forget about him, AKA yellow line is unofficial. Uh, let's go back to Cam Newton again. Uh, again, most impressive. Very Week one. Arizona on the road. Almost gets a win. Green Bay at, at home for Green Bay. All, almost gets a win against the defending Super Bowl champs. It's not the fact that he's throwing for the yards. Forget the yards for a second. It's how he's doing it. He's doing a little bit of every. Of course, he runs the ball. The, the incredible touch he puts on the ball. Uh, the fact that yeah. he has more carries than both running backs combined, I think. I mean, I know he has more carries than any of the running backs on the team. Uh, Chudninsky is really just giving this guy the keys. And, and the, the team and the city and the fans, they have something to believe and hope for again, you know? I mean, he, he's totally taken this team on his back. And it's just a real nice thing to see. I mean, I – look, I'm going to tell you this straight up, Mike. The FFPC main event last week – not a single person did a single dollar on Cam Newton in my high stakes main event league. Now you tell us how smart we are, okay? Twelve bozos sitting around the room, watch Arizona, and we probably all thought to ourselves, and I'd love to I'd love for these guys to call in and chime in. I mean, these are these are guys that are very respected. Uh, I mean, Larry Goldstein, uh, Big Mo, okay? Um uh, big, we got uh, Sandman's Time, Let's say We got names in this league, right, guys that have been on our show, guys that are nationally ranked in the world, uh, top five, Big Mo, you know, and none of us bid a single dollar on Cam Newton after watching Arizona. And that has to be because what? We we probably looked at it and said, oh, someone's going to bid a lot more than me. That's a classic mistake, a big faux pas. If you're a high-stakes player, I don't care what you think. Uh if if you think it's gonna go for five hundred or a dollar, you have to put a bid in on a guy like Cam Newton and throw it out there, and you never know when you're gonna get surprised with a, a Cam Newton victory for a dollar. Instead, Mike, I bet eight hundred and ten dollars on Cam Newton this week and want him. Uh I'm a Tony yep. Romo owner. I, I, I can admit it. I, I feel like I'm in an Alcoholics Anonymous class right now. I'm a Tony Romo owner. Uh, I'm nervous as hell. Uh I'm luckily I'm two and zero. And I I wanted to keep it rolling, and this is my move. This is my big move for the year. I'm I'm not going into a season without, you know, uh, with cracked ribs, uh, pain injections right before the game. Dez Bryant's dinged up. Austin's dinged up. I'm not going to go stressed like that. I'm going to put Cam Newton in this week, and I'm going to sit back and relax.
3: Well, and I don't blame you. You know, you had to to pull the trigger there. Uh, Something I want to ask you is – After week one in a lot of high stakes leagues, uh, like you said, Cam Newton in that particular league, uh, nobody really pulled the trigger because, you know, was it a week one fluke? Uh, You know, who's to say? Uh, Did Randall Cobb go?
2: Did Randall Cobb what?
3: Uh, Did anybody bid on Randall Cobb in that league?
2: Oh, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I could, I could tell you though, the fact that he's not involved in the office that, that it was predicated on a special teams touchdown and a box play touchdown. Yeah. I could tell you that he, he's not the kind of, kind of guy that would very likely get a lot of stuff. But still, it's still, a, it's still a guy. that's a wild card flyer, you know. Wide receiver four on a team. That's his problem. Um, but yeah, nobody. The ring, the ring. a single dollar. That one dollar bid I could have spent last week. Would have saved me eight hundred and nine bid dollars and very likely a chance of two hundred grand.
3: The only reason I asked that, Scott, is it, it seemed like in a lot of leagues that I'm in, and you know, I was looking at stuff. It, it was a, pretty much very similar to the uh, league you're in, uh, the high stakes league that you're in, uh, the main event. That uh, it seemed like more more people were bidding on uh, Cobb than Newton, and I couldn't understand it. I, You know, I'm going, look, you know, he, he's a role player, and that's that's pretty much about it. That's all he's going to do for Green Bay. But, you know, people got excited about what he was doing, not just because he's from the University of Kentucky. It's, it's just the fact that they got excited about the 100 108-yard uh, kickoff return, uh, the reception, and things like that. Uh, but I think Cam Newton is the real deal, and, uh, you know, I can't really fault you for uh, bidding the 801 uh, or the 850, whatever you did, because, uh, you know, you you got Romo as your other quarterback, and uh, so you, you pretty much got to go for broke there.
2: Well, again, that, that's a big story. Cam Newton's a big story. I, I think the second story that we have to give credit to if we're going to move this thing in an orderly fashion uh, let's give our sympathies to the Jamal Charles owners. I mean, what a terrible, terrible break for these guys. I hope they took advantage of that crazy insurance, Lee, uh, a service that somebody offers because, man, you you study all year. You go to Vegas. You fly out there. You have a great time. You spend $1,000 the uh, at the blackjack table or whatever, and then you draft Jamal Charles. You're feeling good about the team. And then you see that happen. So uh, you know, hey, it's one of those things. You look at Jamal Charles. There's nothing not to like about the guy, except for the coach. And uh, here, here he is. You 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 spend your first pick on him, rightfully so. Nothing you can, uh, you know. I, I had a four pick in uh, the FFPC main. I didn't do it. I took Calvin, luckily, but I was thinking Charles. And uh, to see that guy, I just wanted to, you know, extend our condolences to the Jamal Charles owners. It's, it's hope is not lost. I mean. What do you do there? I hope you backed him up, maybe with uh, Thomas Jones or McCluster. I want I want to get the, the chat room, the crew here to kind of chime in on that. But what are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah,
3: you know what? I I would really like to hear what uh, some of the great minds in the chat room have to say about this because, uh, you know, I, I obviously uh, I I didn't take Jamal Charles in uh, any league. Uh, it wasn't because I was backing on a on an injury like this. I mean, you hate to see that. Uh, the only reason I didn't take him was because of my trade I made in Hyper 2 uh, for Tom Brady in a, uh, a first-rounder uh, in a dynasty league. But, uh, you know, you don't want to see an injury like that. You hate it. Uh, and I, I would really like to see what the uh, chat room has to say because, uh, you know, are they going to rely on Thomas Jones or are they going to rely on the uh, uh, the fumble-prone uh, Dexter McCluster? Uh, you know, to me, you almost have to give this uh, Thomas Jones one more chance, but Kansas City, let's face it, they have shown no like whatsoever, whether it be the running game or the passing game, uh, to get anything going. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough, whether it's uh, Jones or uh, uh, Dexter McCluster.
2: Yeah, uh Charles done for the year. Dexter McCluster did get 33 snaps to uh, Leron McLean's 26. Thomas Jones 27. It's a committee uh, all the way out. Uh, McCluster will be there in the uh, on the passing game. Uh, who knows about the time? There's not gonna. It's just a bad situation if you have a chief right now. Even Dwayne Bowe. Uh, or you know uh, any Chiefs Jamal Charles now that he's gone. I mean, if you took him, that team is just looking so so bad. Hopefully you took the under in the loss uh, in the win loss column, like uh, our our friend Dave Gerzak recommended everybody earlier in the year. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. I have to I have to get that out of the way. I mean, you, you draft Jamal Charles and it's just uh, it's going to be a, a, a big time uphill battle for you. But uh, I've seen it done before. I've seen I've seen league one. Where you lost the first pick, so it's not uh, just about one pick in these things. It's uh, you know, you need uh, you need ten guys out there, you know, trot out ten guys every single week on the field, and so that's uh, that's just one guy. Tony Romo, Mike. Uh, if I if I want to go to a, a story number three, uh, that was yeah. his legacy game, right? That was his legacy game last week. What we saw uh, with the cracked ribs. Yeah. Um, The punctured lung, I mean, coming back into the game, knowing that his team needed him uh, desperately more than they ever had before uh, against the Niners, and to see him come back and do that, uh, I was like, wow. First of all, I thought his day was done. You know, I'm I'm watching, and he's out there at the halftime, and he walks back to the locker room. Uh, You have everybody going down like crazy on the Cowboys. You know, Dez Bryant, who looked like a monster week one, he gets hurt. Then you've got Austin going out, who we don't know how long he's going to be out. it sounds like, till at least week five. I mean, this guy was a monster with three touchdowns. And now you had, uh, you know, just a dream uh, fourth quarter for Tony Romo to come, come back and say, look, this is my team. I'm a leader. I'm a warrior. I'm coming out here, and I'm going to put it all out on the field for my Cowboy fans.
3: Yeah, you know, Scott, it, it was uh... – I got to retract a statement that I made uh, last Friday and uh, a statement that I posted. uh, You know, it seemed like the best thing for Dallas was for uh, Tony Romo to play uh, three quarters and then uh, set his tail end on the bench because he screws up so much. And then he did what he did last Sunday. And I got to admit, man, I was uh, shocked, blown away uh, by his heart his courage uh, he he pretty much came over to uh, John Kettner and said, "You know what? Great job, man. Uh, you know you did all you could do. Great job. But uh, in order for us to win this game, we cannot afford to go zero and two. In order for us to win this game, I've got to be on the field." And uh, he just went out there and uh, you know performed like a performed like a champion. And uh, I think he garnered a lot of respect around the locker room. Uh, obviously, fans and other players uh, in general around the league, and you know, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty, uh, pretty awesome performance that he did.
2: The one guy that I don't want to have to face this week, Mike. There's one name in the entire league that I don't want to have to face this week, and that's Kevin Ogletree. Okay. If you see you're playing against Ogletree, it's a catch-22. It's a bad situation to be in because, number one, you look at the name, you kind of chuckle. You're like, ha-ha, I'm playing against Ogletree, right? He was a non factor last week. He had 64 snaps, huge edge in snaps over Jesse Holly. I'm reading that off of Pro Football Focus. Uh, But the fact is, that was with Des Bryant out, and now he's a real sneaky play with Miles Austin out. So, you gotta, you got to think to yourself, that's the last guy in the world you want to play against is Kevin Ogletree because to see that guy go off on you is going to be the worst experience of your life. So you feel like you should have a dominant edge on the guy, but all of a sudden this guy is going to be out there for, you know, 70 snaps or so. Uh, he's going to be out there as much as Jason Witten. So very scary situation. It is a sneaky starter, uh, Kevin Ogletree.
0: Yeah,
3: you know what? Uh, he he could be uh, very solid. I I really think uh, right now, you know, I think Overtree will, uh, uh, you know, he'll get some, and uh, Holly will get some. I I really think this game sets up big time for Jason Witten. Uh, Washington they sometimes have a hard time, uh, you know, covering that little uh, five, seven, eight yard pass uh, pass route. And, you know, I see uh, Jason Witten just having a huge day because uh, for the simple fact, if Romo does play what he will, uh, they're not going to want to go downfield that much. And it, it could be a lot of dump-offs uh, that could help, uh, help out Jason Witten and Romo at the same time.
2: Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Business has just picked up in the chat room. The crew here: Red versus Blue, uh, Lou from BFD, and uh, our good friend Ir. Uh, Hawk and Roll is in the house. Mike, uh, <laughs> you know, I want I want to switch this up. You know, it's kind of a little variety show tonight. I I heard it on the radio the other day. I gotta propose pose this question to the chat room and to you. We're talking, you know, Sundays are just such a fascinating thing. You, everybody has their game day ritual. I would love to have a show one of these days where we get the high stakes crowd to call us up and we talk about the. That'd be a fun show, you know. Maybe a, maybe a, maybe a one of these shows coming up. We might do this and pull this off because I just am fascinated to hear what other people do for their Sunday mornings and how they how they get ready for the game. Is it the same kind of thing that you you know? I, that's how we all kind of do it, I think. So. Uh, I think it's pretty set in stone. Here's how I do it. Here's what I do. Here's what I wear. Here's where I go. Here's how I, you know, that kind of thing. But whatever. I think we all are addicted to the Red Zone Channel. If you if you don't have it by now, the Red Zone Channel. I never hear a single complaint about it. Number one, I mean, out of all the things you could, I mean, people complain about everything. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is, they complain about it. But the Red Zone Channel is like this quan. Okay, nobody complains about the Red Zone Channel. I – it has to be hands down the best invention in sports history. Mike, what do you think? What do you think about the red zone champ? Do you have it?
3: Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there's not a lot of Sundays I get to watch football. Uh, I'm normally working, but uh, this past Sunday, uh, I was able to uh, watch football, and uh, you know, it seemed like I was uh, checking on this game, checking on that game, and at the end of the day, uh, no, not at the end of the day, by Two 2 o'clock, uh, 2.15 Eastern time, I was on the Red Zone channel. And that's all I was listening to. That's all I was watching. And uh, you can't beat it because as a fantasy uh, fantasy owner of uh, multiple teams, you want to know exactly what's happening, when it's happening, and that channel gives you everything.
2: Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next. Time. I'm trying to I'm trying to prioritize this stuff. It's very difficult for me to do so. You know that was just a must-win game for Tony Romo. They had to get it done. They could not be 0 and 2 to start the yeah. year, Mike. You know, and, and this week that's why this week is even more important for teams. 0 and 3 is a number you do not recover from. Only 3 percent of teams that end up 0 and 3 ever make the playoffs. So that's something, you know, you cannot do it and and there's several teams that don't want to feel that way, you know, uh this week, you know, 3, you know, it's over. And and I know that there's Colts fans still holding hope. I know there's Vikings fans still holding hope. And uh you know, they're out there and Chiefs fans I'm sure, you know, but look, you go 0-3 and it's a death it's a death poll. You know, you can't you can't do it. So now right made a big move last week. They're now 1-1. One one. Uh, a key game against Washington, who's 2-0. And this is what's great about the NFL this year, Mike. Uh, three teams, I've got right here, the three teams that have the longest playoff drought in the NFL, Mike. Uh, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, and the Buffalo Bills. And you know what? I'll watch any of those three teams this year. I, it, it's fascinating to me. All three of those teams are going to be in the playoff hunt this year. I mean, it's hard to believe that Buffalo could be in the playoff in that division with the, with the Jets and the Patriots. But let's face it, Houston. Nobody's challenging really Houston this year in that division. Detroit's got a real uphill battle in there. They've you know, granted they've got a tough division, but all three of those teams who have not made the playoffs in forever or never are going to be seriously contending to be playoff teams. And, and so, yeah, we're fantasy football fans, but we're football fans first. And that's just fascinating to me. And that's why that New England-Buffalo game, it's going to be great. And I'm going to have it on. And I'm going to be flipping back and forth between red zone and that game because New England's the type of team that says, hey, we're going to score a ton of points. Uh, we can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, you're, you're going to have to beat us. You're going to put up more points than we are. And that's why Buffalo's offense just has a little bit of everything. And it's going to be pretty – got get your you got to get your bills – Starters. Your Bills players in the lineup this week. Uh, I've been reading a lot of Bills message boards and things like that, trying to get a a handle on the whole Nelson-Jones thing. And there's a lot of Bills fans out there, Bills homers that sit around and watch practice and all this stuff. There's a lot of Bills homers that think that Donald Jones breaks out this week. Now, Nelson broke out last week, but there's a lot of homers out there that think that it could be Jones this weekend. And that's my one fear about bidding a lot for Nelson is that it could be week-to-week a different guy. You know it's going to be Steve Johnson, but the fact that they didn't go after any receivers in the draft, really. I mean, they already had Easley. Uh, they let go of Lee Evans. It told me that they were supremely confident. Chan Gailey was supremely confident, in the receiver coach uh, in these wide receivers. And they've always talked about him. I mean, they've always raved about it, but we've just never seen anything happen. And so, the fact is, I think all these guys are pretty damn good. And it's going to make it very tough to lock in one guy week to week. I mean, that's why people are bidding on Nelson. He's six five, he's a slot receiver, and that's pretty damn appealing. But I think it could be back and forth week to week. What are your thoughts? Uh
3: no question about it. I I bid uh, I been quite a bit on Nelson uh in a couple of leagues and uh, didn't get him. Uh the only reason I did that is because how exciting uh this Buffalo uh Buffalo offense is. Fitzpatrick and the whole team. I mean, they got these guys they got these guys humming. Oakland, they jumped on Buffalo last week, 14 to nothing, like it was nothing. I mean, just real quick. And Buffalo just kept clawing back, clawing back. Next thing you know, Buffalo's, uh, I mean, they tallied up a ton of points. There's a reason why the uh, New England Buffalo game, the over under is 53 and a half. I mean. That, that, that'd be halftime. That, 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 yeah, I mean, that very well could be. And so uh, I'm I'm kind of a believer in Buffalo. Uh, I don't I really don't know if they're going to beat New England at home, but I'm going to tell you what they're not going to score seven, ten, thirteen points. They're going to put up some points, and you know they, that that's got to make you a believer in uh, in a David Nelson because I am.
2: Yeah, and they're talking about uh, Spiller playing some wide receiver uh, this week. They want to get Spiller and Fred Jackson who is totally underrated. Mr. Underrated Fred Jackson. Mr. Sixth round in fantasy football. He's the guy that if you don't have, you're pretty upset about. I wanted him and I think he went like one pick right in front of me. I was oh man, I was mad. And I ended up uh, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, So again, uh, and I want to give a uh, shout out to uh, Lou at BFD. The coaching tree article on the Bills offense. Totally nailed it. Chan Gailey if you read it, you knew what was going to happen, and, and Fitzpatrick has totally proved uh, everybody in that organization right. That kid can play, and it's going to be an exciting game. One o'clock on Sunday. Uh, that's the game that uh, it's going to be hard not to watch. That I mean, you've got Houston, New, New Orleans, but Houston hasn't really wowed. It. You, yeah, Houston hasn't really wowed me to the fact that they're that they really just you know scare teams. You know, uh, New Orleans, uh, they're, they're they're playing okay. I think they're still riding off the coattails a little bit off their Super Bowl, you know, two years ago. Uh, and, and, and I look at the other games, I mean, Detroit and Minnesota, I'll watch a Detroit game, I don't care when. I mean, I, I could watch them doing whatever. It's almost like, uh, you know, Michael Vick. I could watch him, uh, you know, uh, watch the TV. You know, he's that kind of player. But Detroit, they're so much fun. I don't care who they play, uh, I could watch them anytime. But but I think New England-Buffalo steals the show for me at 1 o'clock. Yeah, uh, New
3: England-Buffalo is going to be the best game at 1 o'clock uh... But, I I mean, I I think Houston and uh, New Orleans, because, I mean, New Orleans, they're going to score, but they're going to give up. And uh, Houston, they've got a lot of things to prove. Uh, Right now, Arian Foster, the fact that uh, he's been a real disappointment to a lot of fantasy owners. uh, But they still have uh, Shaw and, you know, uh, I mean, they've got, they've got a lot of things, Andre Johnson, a lot of things uh, to prove. And uh, they don't want to go into New Orleans as a, just a four-point underdog, which is surprising to me. They don't want to go into New Orleans and, uh, you know, fold up uh, because, they, I mean, they folded up last year. So they've got a lot of things to prove. And uh, the the other one o'clock game that I'm kind of interested in, Scott, is the uh, Jonathan Eagles. You know, in a conference game, uh, you know, and that, for whatever reason, the Giants, they're getting no respect, and uh, maybe they shouldn't, but I don't know. I think Eli Manning uh, might keep this game close enough, depending on uh, what happens with uh, Vic and the whole situation there in Philly.
2: Well, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, Mike. I mean, this is the national football league. This is where – you know, three weeks in a row he throws for nothing, and then uh, you pull him out, you sit him on your bench, and he blows up for like 404. I mean, that is the NFL, and it never surprises me when that happens. But as a betting man, I don't, I can't start Eli Manning this week, especially against that secondary, and the fact that they're so dinged up and that he hasn't looked good. I mean, he's going to really have to have a come to Jesus meeting uh, with Peyton before the game to to make this thing work. I mean, here you are, you lose. Um, Manningham, very likely. I I haven't heard that he's out, but I, I imagine that he is with the concussions and you haven't practiced and so the fact that he hasn't practiced I think makes it um makes it very difficult to put in. And, you know, uh Victor Cruz and uh Brandon Stokely, I mean these are your guys now. I mean gosh, I just can't I can't get into it. Not against that team, not against that Eagles team who's coming off a loss already. Um it's it's not a it's not a thing that I I think I with Eli and I'm
3: gonna start. I'm going to start Andy
2: Dalton over Eli Meaning, Okay,
3: that's how. That's how I'm gonna roll. All right. Yeah, Scott. Real quick. I you know I can understand that uh, starting Dalton uh, ahead of uh, Eli because uh, I mean uh, you know I've got Eli on a couple teams and uh, I can't start him either. Uh, but the one thing that might help this entire uh, game out for the Giants is the fact that the Eagles. They have no offensive line. Um, They have really struggled in in the offensive line. And, uh, you know, that's just enough to keep the game close enough to where maybe, uh, you know, Jacobs and uh, Bradshaw can do something, uh, you know, to keep this game close enough for them to where they might sneak something out here.
2: Uh, You know, that game, that Giants-Rams game last week, it was kind of interesting. Sims-Walker led the team with 64 snaps out of a possible 69. So it was kind of nice to see somebody finally emerge in that offense. Um, this whole Lance Kendrick thing, I think, got way overblown. It seems like every year uh, we watch the preseason and we listen to training camp and all this, and then all you, know, you really blow out of proportion guys that aren't quite ready to be superstars yet. And, you know, it could be this week, it could be next year, but the first couple of weeks, if it's any indication, says that, you know, okay, if you were drafting Kendricks in the hopes of stealing uh, a stud tight end and not not taking one, you're sorely mistaken. Um, You need a Fred Davis. You need a Gronkowski. You need at least a Winslow or something if you're going to play in the FFPC. NFFC, uh, you know, there's not a better tight end in the league right now than Tony Gonzalez after that game that we saw the other night. I mean, uh, Atlanta, they have their issues. I still don't think that Matt Ryan is fully clicking yet with his – with his good uh, wide receiver, Roddy White. Uh, but, boy, does he have something with Tony Gonzalez. Great win by Matt Ryan, by the way, to really, you know, that's a big-time pressure game, Atlanta versus Philly with Vic returning and all the Vic jerseys everywhere. Big win for Matt Ryan. And that was a that was a pretty exciting game from start to finish. And too bad that Vic couldn't finish. But, uh, hey, Matt Ryan gets the win. Tony Gonzalez owners are getting rewarded once again. It's like he's only disappointed us one time, and then all of a sudden we just think that his age is a problem, and it continues not to be. Mike, if you drafted Tony Gonzalez, you're loving life right now.
3: Yeah, exactly. And you know what? You you made a good point there. Uh, you know, I put I, I put some stock into uh, Lance Kendricks uh, for St. Louis, and you know, they uh, he was only targeted maybe three or four times. Uh, the other night and you know, in one time it was in the end zone. It was overthrown. It just didn't work out for him. Uh, but other than that, he was really not, uh, he was not a part of the game. And, uh, you know, at the tight end position, you, you better watch it. You better watch it when you're, uh, wanting to draft, uh, rookie tight ends. I think, uh, Jermaine Gresham last year, I mean, I don't think he made that big of an impact. So, uh, you know the, that that position particular uh, tight end, you have to watch uh, drafting rookies because I'm I'm starting to learn right now, and uh, you know I learned from uh, Lance Kendrick. Of course, he might turn on here come week, you know ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, but that might be a little bit too late for uh, for my fantasy team.
2: Hey, the, in that game, Jeremy Macklin proved that if you took him with your uh, you know fifth round pick, you're loving life right now. Wide receiver high, 67 snaps, making it two weeks in a row. He led the team's skill position players in snaps. Uh, D-Jack was just eight behind him. On the other side of the ball, you've got to be watching Michael Turner here. Now, remember, week one, Jason Snelling played more snaps than Turner. But this week, Turner did uh, take – it was closer than you think, though. Turner was on the field for 36 snaps, 14 of which were passing plays. Snelling had 21, 16 of which were passing plays. So, and then you've got Jacquez Rogers, 13 snaps. Turner's coming off on the passing plays and Snelling and Rogers is out there. And we've always known that about Turner, but it seems like he's not getting the workload, even what he had. Now they're opening up some big old truck size holes for this guy. And that's what makes him just, you know, shoot through the hole. and, And he's running like molasses down the field, but there's nobody near him. Uh, but again, you just gotta keep your eye on it. Um, he might not be a guy that I don't think. I don't know if he's gonna make it uh, the entire year as your starter. You just kinda have to watch and see how they utilize him. But kudos to you, Jeremy Macklin owners. If you got him, you are you're uh, you're loving life right now. And I mean that's uh, 67 snaps and what a what an awesome performance. Now we gotta see if Mike Kafka. I, I guess Vic is playing the game, but with the way that offensive line works, you never know when Kafka is the guy that's gonna be in there. So.
3: Uh yeah, Man. Better, they better get some get somebody ready uh if if Vic if Vic can't go and uh Kafka is they better get somebody ready be, uh, behind Kafka because I'm telling you this offensive line it's stuck in the preseason and I don't put a lot of stock into the preseason but you could see it I mean you you could see that something wasn't right and you could see it's it's not right right now
2: Let's talk about Baltimore, Mike. After Week One, we look at it and we said Baltimore is the real deal. Look what they did to Pittsburgh after laying the wood to them. Uh, what the heck? Tennessee and their home opener uh, just goes in and handles business, and it, it and it was never even a question. I mean, uh, Hasselback looks like he's really. Uh, Figured this offense out quickly. I mean quicker than you could have ever expected a quarterback to come in and do it. Kenny Britt looks like an all world wide receiver. I mean again if you're if you're piecing together Britt and Macklin, uh, you know, and then you add in a guy like a uh you know, like a David Nelson or, or maybe even, you know, uh just just uh an Eric Decker or something, you you've pieced together a wide receiver crew and you didn't have to spend uh, more than a fourth round pick on it. So um I think Damian Williams was out. LaBelle Hawkins was playing. And it's all, it's the Kenny Britt show. Chris Johnson continues to disappoint. He's another first round bust right now. Uh, I know some people have thrown out Adrian Peterson, or maybe it was Jamal Charles, but right now so far it's been Chris Johnson. And there's not a bigger bust uh, as far as tight ends go than Jared Cook. Because again, look at all the hype around Jared Cook and he hasn't, he hasn't done anything. I mean, Craig Stevens edged out Jared Cooks By seven snaps Cook did run 15 more pass routes But he's not doing
3: anything with them uh, Now Hasselback to you know, Britt
2: is, is a combination you gotta love
3: Yeah uh, Britt uh, Britt is just uh, I mean he's being a stud right now And uh, you know I think he will be uh, I think he'll continue to be that way Because uh, uh, Hasselback Is uh, he, he's already shown that Hey this is my guy This is the one I love to go to uh I don't know uh, in the past how many times Hasselback has been uh you know been going to a tight end like a Jared Cook. Uh I know he, John Carlson was uh one of his favorites, but uh Baltimore, going back to your original question, I'm not concerned about Baltimore one bit. You know, I I made a, I made statements on the show uh you know, two, three weeks ago that uh, there were two teams that uh I thought we we're going to be sleepers that will make the playoffs and that will be Oakland and Buffalo and the one team that will make the Super Bowl is Baltimore and I still stand by that. That was a you know it was a bad week they they weren't ready obviously uh something happened there uh but they're going to St. Louis and uh, they'll get things going again their defense is too good, their quarterback is too good, their running back is too good. Uh those three things there uh that's a recipe for a uh for a Super Bowl contender.
2: Well, I'll give you that. I, I just don't. Uh, I don't know what to make of that game yet. So I'm. Um, I am definitely uh, not ready to hop off the Ravens bandwagon. But I'm. I'm looking at my options. I'll tell you that. Uh, so, the Colts continue to look absolutely uh, atrocious. They can't even get a win at home against the Browns. I mean, how far the mighty have fallen. I mean, Peyton Manning. He's one man on the team. There's 53 guys on the team, and there's one guy that's that important. You're seeing how much how Collins is getting harassed, and, you know, Peyton's notorious. I mean, how often do you see Tom Brady get sacked? You know, how often do you, did you see Peyton Manning get sacked? Not a lot. These guys know what to do with the ball in their hands, so that's a part of it. Uh, it's not all the offensive line's fault. It's almost like poor Jay Cutler over there, you know, the same situation. Uh, he just can't get rid of the ball, and every time – you know, uh, the, the the offensive line guys turn around and, uh, and look behind him. Cutler's got his helmet off you know, sideways. He's got grass tucked in his visor. And, you know, it's not <laughs> all the offensive line's fault here in Indianapolis. Uh, but this this thing is not right. The, the mojo is gone. The confidence is gone. The heart and soul of the Indianapolis Colts is gone. And we don't know when he's going to get it back. Now, he wasn't at the game last Sunday. He was overseas uh, getting a surgery. I don't know what that means. It's so hush-hush. You'll never find out if this guy's going to be able to make him back in time. I mean, can Kerry Collins, can Kerry Collins get him to, uh, you know, like three and six before uh, Peyton? And if, and, if, and if three and six isn't going to get you anywhere, because there's no way Peyton could come back, you know, at that point anyway and do anything. So this thing has just gotten, gotten uh, a number one pick written all over, really. I mean, I, I think they're better than that. I think the Colts are better than what they've been the first yeah. couple of weeks, but they sure haven't shown it. They've lost all their heart. And they've got to get that back because, because they are more talented
3: than this. There's no, there's no doubt about it, Scott. I mean, they're a heck of a lot more talented than uh, what they're showing. Uh, they, there's no leadership going on. Uh, you know, the the Colts, I, what I saw out of them on Sunday reminded me of what I saw out of Kentucky against Louisville. Just nothing. I mean, just uh, a flat line, no heart, nothing. Nobody wants to step up. And fill that role as a leader. And uh, Caldwell Caldwell has to find somebody out on the field that's going to do that. And but so far nobody has done that. And they're going to have to do that. Until that happens, uh, that that losing streak's going to continue. And I guarantee it. It's going to continue uh, against Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh they they don't have any mercy. Whoop dee do. Peyton Manning's not in there. Kerry Collins. Well. We're, we're going to have fun with you then. You've
2: also got the Delone Carter situation there and Joe Adai. Uh Carter is way behind in snaps. 55 snaps for die to Carter's 14. Um, Collie's way behind on snaps. Reggie Wade and Garcon led the cold skill position players with 68 snaps. That blew Austin Collie away. Uh, but Collie was usually removed on running play, so it wasn't that big of a disparity in the passing game, but uh, you do want to keep an eye on that. Those guys are very hard to start right now. It's just a very difficult situation yeah. here in Indianapolis to be a Colts fan. I gotta hang around and live around all these neighbors who, you know, all <laughs> they want to do is watch the Colts game on Sunday. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna chill in my house. And you can come over if you want. Uh, but uh, we're watching watch game, a, right? Yeah. It, it looks it looks really really bad. Uh, There's another interesting situation that I want to talk about. And, again, it's another bad passing situation. You know, this Tavares Jackson and the Seattle Seahawks. Very interesting sneaky play this week for Sidney Rice. Uh, He's back this week. The coaches are saying he looks absolutely phenomenal. You couldn't ask for a better start at home versus Arizona. The question is, is he game ready? They say he looks great in practice. Does that translate to on the field, in action? They need something. They don't have anything right now, and they need something to spark some life. And you know, I don't know. I can't remember how much did this guy get? Like forty million dollars, uh, something along that line. Uh, it, it's a lot of money, it, and they and they paid him to come in and, and make a difference. Now, whether he can do it is the question. He's never done anything other than a one big season with uh, Brett Favre and his magical years. So, but it's, he, he's, if he's on your bench, which he has been, right? I mean, for, for anybody that has him and drafted him, you've got you had him on your bench. This is a week where you start to question, maybe, do I do it? Do I throw him in there? What is my other option, you know? And uh, it's one of those things. It depends on your options, but he is somebody that could get a look this week because he's playing the Arizona Cardinals, Mike. And and you know Arizona can't stop anybody.
3: Well, that's true. And uh, to be honest with you, instead of uh, Sidney Rice, uh, Jackson, I'm going to rely more on Marshawn Lynch, believe it or not. Uh, I think Lynch uh, could have a pretty good game against Arizona. He might get uh, he might get a hundred yards. He'll get right around a hundred yards, and he may score a touchdown. Uh, so uh, you know, I would lean more toward uh, Lynch. But if you had to, if you have Sidney Rice, uh, those corners of Arizona, they're not that great, but uh, I, I think they might keep him out of the end zone. Yeah.
2: Let's move on to the uh, Washington Redskins, Mike. Uh, I don't know if there's a more uh, intriguing team in the league. Uh, Mike Shanahan has done a classic job of getting this team off to a 2-0 start uh, at Dallas on Monday night. Washington continues uh, every year to play Dallas very, very close, very, very tight in these types of games. And I I don't have the spread in front of me. I remember looking at it and saying,
3: Four and a half. How many? Four and a half. Dallas is yeah. four
2: and a half. Yeah, I would almost I would almost take the points in this game. I mean it seems like it seems like a value play to me. I would I would take the Redskins and uh, you know, what, what what have we seen here? We've seen good defensive play. We have a lot of speed on the outside. We have a huge target in Fred Davis over the middle. You've got a ground game that is dependable right now. I mean that's that's what you could say about it. Tim Hightower, Roy Halou. And that offensive line, they're pretty dependable right now. And then Grossman is not making the big mistakes. So, you've got a team here that, that is pretty intriguing. Santana Moss, if you have him, you've got to put him in your lineup. Um, uh, well, and, and Fred Davis is the waiver wire grab of the year so far if you didn't draft him. So, what do you think, man? Uh, Washington is 2-0. Could they get it done in Dallas?
3: Well, Rex Grossman, uh, he, he made a comment uh, after the lockout was over with that uh, we – we will be a team to fear in this division. And uh, so far, uh, he's made good on that comment. Uh, Honestly, I think Dallas will uh, win this game by a touchdown or more. Washington always gives them fits. Uh, The over and under is 45 and a half. Uh, You know, I I can see Dallas giving up uh, maybe 20, 21 points, but no more than that. I – I just think there's too much firepower uh, to go with Dallas and uh, Washington. Uh, I, I just think they're going to, uh, you know, make too many mistakes on offense. Rex Grossman, we know what he can do. He's either an A or an F, kind of like me on this show. He's an A or an F. He, he's going to he's going to play a fantastic game, or he's going to he's going to be a big time bust. So uh, I, I think Dallas wins this game with no problem.
2: Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike, uh it, it looks like this team only really gets it going when they have the ground game going. Uh it seemed like they started to get a little bit of the uh the the offense was clicking. The defense has been absolutely atrocious. You you look at the statistics that they've given up and in the fashion that they have, they've just been getting run over. So uh you also look at the offensive skill position players and you look at the MVP of last year, Mike Williams, and you're not seeing good signs about Mike Williams. They're talking about him not getting separation. I mean, he did make a great catch for a touchdown last week when we saw it, and they called it back on a holding call. Um, but that was all he did, one catch, like minus four yards. I mean, that's an awful, awful performance for a guy that a lot of people spent a third-round pick on. Um, he didn't uh, – one of my uh, – who was that that was telling me that Mike Williams didn't show up to camp or didn't show up to the Josh Freeman uh, summer camp you know, this this attitude thing is coming up, and now you got guys like Spider Man, Peter Parker, or Preston Parker, whatever his name is, going off, and yeah. you've got Aurelius still in the mix. You got Briscoe still in the mix. Winslow's doing his thing, and I don't know. Are you a little afraid? I'm almost ready to kind of make Mike Williams prove it to me.
3: Well, you know, Tampa Bay is uh, they're they're a one and a half point favorite at home against Atlanta, and. Yeah, the thing about Tampa Bay, I think they'll be a very good team as long as they're ahead, as long as they can uh, let LeGarrette Blunt, you know, have his fun, do what he needs to do. Uh, when they fall behind, man, that's a risky team. And not just risky, I mean, they can get beat and get beat bad in a lot of situations. Uh, I, like, I like Atlanta in this game. I think Matt Ryan and uh, that whole uh, that whole team is starting to gel. Uh, like what you said earlier in the show, him and Roddy White—they're uh, going to come together. And then you know, with uh, Turner and everything, and Gonzalez, uh, just every, everybody else coming together, they're going to be fine. The one thing—the one thing about this game, though, is if Atlanta starts to give up uh, the type of uh, rushing yardage like they did to McCoy. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, this could be a very big game for him.
2: Could be. Uh, you said McCoy. We haven't talked about McCoy uh, all all night. I mean, I know we talked about the Eagles a little bit, and we kind of glossed over what he's doing. But, man, I'll tell you what, I am fascinated uh, to watch LaShawn McCoy play football in the National Football League. This guy has such vision and patience, and the way he squirts around and gets extra yards on every time he goes down, I really like watching LaShawn McCoy, and I, I tell you what, there's no ifs, no, yes, ands, or buts about it. This guy is a is a number one pick caliber player uh, in the national football. League. just love love his games. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Let's look at the 4 o'clock games, Mike. Uh, you already mentioned uh, – we, well, we did mention the Jets at Oakland. Kansas City at San Diego. Baltimore at St. Louis, that's the one you talked about. Green Bay at Chicago, that's a huge game. We'll have to talk about that. Code Crackers in the house. Arizona at Seattle, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Okay, out of those games, uh, look, it's obvious. Green Bay at Chicago. That's the game you got to have on. Uh, it's a rematch of the NFC Championship game where Cutler went out. And again, I, I touched on it a little bit briefly in the in the in the show. Every time the offensive line turns around, Cutler's getting up. And he's got his helmet on sideways, and it's just. The poor guy is getting killed out there, and he's got to be totally frustrated. This sets up for a big, big Matt Forte-type day, right? I mean, you've got to give this guy the ball, let him run it, let him hammer it, uh, see what he can do, because Culler just doesn't have time to throw the ball, and he doesn't have the – the mental clock to tell him to get rid of it, right, when he doesn't see the rush coming. They're coming from all directions. Have you seen the poor guy, the highlights of this this, this pressure that this guy sees? They come from all over, the whole line. They just mull over him. It's going to be very, very bad uh, in the in Chicago game. It's going to be bad for Jay Cutler once again, I'm afraid. God,
3: <laughs> the mental clock, I love it. uh, <laughs> uh when we were watching, uh, we were watching Chicago last weekend, and uh, Troy Aikman, I mean, he couldn't have put it any more perfect. Uh, uh, Jay Cutler, he was getting beat up so bad, sacked over and over again, and uh, Chicago made an interception or a fumble recovery or uh, what have you. It was right around the, their own five yard line, and Troy Aikman said. Well, uh, a lot of Chicago fans and uh, everybody and uh, the whole team's—they're pretty happy about this. Well, except for Jake Cutler, because he's got to go out there and, and endure some more punishment. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, right when we looked at each other and just laughed so hard because that is so prophetic. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that game because Green Bay—they're they're, going to be going at them. But the one thing about this game is that Matt Forte, he is so good uh, coming out of the backfield, uh, catching him in short dump-offs. Uh, Matt Forte is going to be a very good play this week, I believe. We're talking about James Starks in the chat room. Uh,
2: you know, I, I said it. I agree with Rich Codecracker uh, from the FPA board here. Grant may be the starter, but in name only. You know, he's out there the first play. But, look, Starks is the clear difference maker. He um, 6.8, I think, yards per carry the last I looked. And, uh, man, that kid, we, we talked about it. A couple of us were kind of feeling him and tried to get him where we could. But, boy, his stock started going way up afterwards uh, after that Thursday game. And it was very, very tough to get him. But I, I think he's going to help a lot of teams this year. Just a, Just a funny feeling. I think he's gonna help a lot of teams this year uh do something real special. Starks had a thirty seven to eighteen edge over Ryan Grant in snaps. It's clear he's the top back. Okay? Yeah. So uh it just, yeah, just all the on, way
3: around. He came on strong last year, Scott. Uh and you know, it wasn't this early in the year, but uh, you know, I mean it was like uh mid late November or uh, October where he really uh, started to get things going. Uh, I think Ryan Grant is maybe on his way out, and uh, Starks is going to be the elite back that Aaron Rodgers needs because he needs to have that elite back to uh, get them back to the Super Bowl and uh, do what they need to do again. The Maurice
2: jones drew situation continues to mystify uh, a, a lot of folks, not us here at Red vs. Blue. We talked about it uh, last year. We, we talked about Rashad Jennings cutting into his reception counts, and it's not just Rashad Jennings. Uh, it's Deji Kareem. He's not getting uh, as much work in the passing game, and that makes him very difficult to uh, be the type of player that he once was uh, when he's not getting that 50-60 catch type season. So, in uh, that Jaguar game last week, I think how that translates to this week, you've got to take a hard look at Mike Thomas this week. Um, they He had Daryl Rebus on him, you know, pretty much last week. He played 42 snaps, 26 passing routes. Uh, that led the team. Jason Hill was inactive, so Cecil Shorts and Jared Dillard, those guys kind of got involved. But playing against the Panthers, you've got to have a little bit more faith and confidence that Mike Thomas can get something done for you. He's a heck of a playmaker. Don't give up on this kid. Uh if you have him in your lineup, go ahead and put him in there this week against Carolina. I think you'll be very happy. Uh I, I hear that Mercedes Lewis is going to play. I I, I think I I'd like if if you can correct me in the chat room, go right ahead. But uh I I really think that uh, Mike Thomas is somebody you you will enjoy uh starting against Cam uh Cam Newton's offensive explosion here. They're going to have to try to keep up with him and it's going to be fun. You're going to see Cam Newton on one side, Blaine Gabbard on the other. The top two quarterbacks pretty, you know, arguably in the draft. I, I love Andy Dalton. I, I got him in, like, six leagues today uh, for, like, pennies on the dollar. Uh, I really consider taking Dalton over Cam Newton and saving my money, but with Cam Newton out there, I had to spend it. Uh, shame on us so for not making a uh, dollar on this be, week.
3: Stop, uh, you know, Jacksonville, they're, they're going to have to show uh, – in order for uh, MJD owners to be very happy with, uh, what they've gotten, Jacksonville has to show some kind of pass game. I mean, you know, anything, anything whatsoever. I think the, uh, I think Mercedes Lewis being back is definitely going to help, um, you know, with those, uh, with those, uh, different routes that he runs. And, uh, so, uh, Jacksonville has to show a pass game uh, to help MJD out, uh, to help him run a little bit. And uh, But uh, at uh, at Carolina, you know, it, it's uh, right now Carolina's three-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, this game, uh, you know, it, it's going to be very tight. I think it's going to be very tight throughout.
2: Mike, who's the bigger story? Uh, looking at that Broncos-Bengals game last week, Eric Decker or A.J. Green? I mean, Brandon Lloyd goes out, Decker comes in, he's a guy we've been high on, and he completely shows everybody that he is a big-time playmaker in the National Football League. The Bengals with A.J. Green on the other side, I mean, Dalton looked fantastic. Great passer rating for the time that he's been in there. And A.J. Green has proven to everybody that, hey, I might be a rookie, uh, but I'm the best rookie wide receiver in this class. Not Julio Jones, that's what he's trying to prove. Uh, and, and he has a very good opportunity to uh, to do it again this week with Jerome Simpson. All these troubles. I don't know. How do you get caught with uh, six pounds of weed being delivered to your house, and and uh, they not even uh, they just write you a citation or something. I mean, is that yeah, is it, that, what, is that yeah, how it is yeah, in Cincinnati? Cincinnati? I mean, I've been to Cincinnati. It's a little rough, but man, I didn't know it was like that. Well,
3: I guess that's the way they breed them right now. I don't know. Uh, right now, the the. Eric Decker was awesome, but he's going to be restricted on uh, what he's able to do. I, I really believe that, even though No uh, Nosa Moreno is kind of a jerk, and uh, Denver, they want him out of there. Uh, but the, the most exciting thing to me is two young guys, Dalton and A.J. Green, uh, they're starting to build a relationship that could be very exciting in Cincinnati. Uh I'm not saying, you know, they're going to make playoffs or anything like that in the next couple of years, but they're building a relationship that is going to be a lot of fun. In Denver, I just don't know where that where that team's headed. And uh, Decker is Decker's going to be on another team in the next two years, and it won't be Denver.
2: This is usually the time of the program. Well, before now, we would bring in the prognosticator for him to give us our uh, player props and you know make a little cash on the side with your with your books. Uh, I have very sad news to report that uh, the prognosticators' time is over for 2011. The uh, the action has been canceled, and you know for good reason. Look, he totally burned up his book for several years running. And the book, and he, and he told me, you know, he, he talked about it several times on the show. I don't know how long it's going to continue. I don't know how long he's going to let me do this. Uh, well, the time has finally come, and the time is over. Uh, so uh, if you're if you're a bookie, uh, you might want to give uh, the prop a call, and uh, you can challenge him. Maybe throw out your own player props for him to stop. choose from, because he absolutely rip-roared through uh, the ones that were available to us. Two and one well, last on. week. Uh, barely missed on one. Went two and one.
3: You know, I I really hate to hear that. Uh, why don't uh, Why don't you take two games and uh, I'll take two. Well, uh, you go ahead, buddy. Okay, uh, I'm going to take Baltimore because that's that's who I'm uh, I'm going to play them pretty much every week. So I'll take uh, I'll take Baltimore. Are they? Here they are. Baltimore minus four at St. Louis.
2: Alright. I'll have to pull up my lines here. Um, da, 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 da. you know, okay, here we go. I, I don't understand how Cincinnati is favored over San Francisco, so I am gonna go ahead and take the underdog here in San Francisco. I'm gonna give them give them some credit and say that they have the better team. <laughs> Uh, even though I do like dog, I'm going to go ahead and take the two-and-a-half points with San Francisco, and then I'm going to take the over, of course, in the New England-Buffalo game, 54. I mean, come on, that's a halftime score for those two teams. So uh, that's my two. Good luck to you, Mike. The crew in the chat room here at Red Blue, absolutely phenomenal. We'll try to do a better job next week. Keep the positive momentum going, gang. Don't think about any losses. Don't think about that. What you resist persists. Think about wins. Think about being the grand champion, and uh, let's make it happen. Guys, we'll see you next week. It's Red vs. Blue. Mikey, we'll
3: talk to you tomorrow, bud.
1: You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.